Ever since his presidential nomination two months ago, Vice President Lai Qingde has been traveling around the country to set up campaign offices. On Sunday, he went to Nanto, where he met his supporters in central Taiwan. The day also happened to be the 34th anniversary of the Tiananmen Square protests. Lai used the occasion to criticize China's suppression of the student movement and its disregard for freedom and democracy. He said the people of Taiwan must remain united in the face of China's constant threats and military intimidation. Nearly a thousand supporters gathered at the opening of Lai Qingde's unofficial campaign office in Nanto, dubbed Friends of Lai. The passion of the people on display was something for which Lai was grateful. Earlier this year, Lai came here to stump for Tsai Peihui, who ran on a DPP ticket in a by-election. That was Lai's first campaign as chairman of the DPP. In the end, Tsai was elected. Today, after taking the stage, Lai bowed to the crowd in a gesture of thanks. You gave Tsai Peihui a chance, and being in Nanto as the chair of the DPP, I am filled with gratitude. I hereby bow my head to thank you again. At the inauguration of the campaign office, 149 campaign directors were welcomed into the fold. Lai shook hands with each of them to show his sincerity. Sunday also happened to be June 4th, which marked the 34th anniversary of the Tiananmen Square Massacre, which happened on June 4, 1989. Lai used the occasion to censure China's ever-increasing authoritarianism. China suppressed the student movement and refused to accept the demands of the students. The current situation has become worse than in the past. But Taiwan's current achievements in democracy are among the top 10 in the world and in the first place in Asia. While on the subject of cross-strait tensions, Lai called on the people of Taiwan to remain united and not fear any threats. The threat from China is something we should face seriously. We must not take it lightly, and we do not need to provoke them. The institution of freedom and democracy must be upheld. The Republic of China and the People's Republic of China are not subjugated to each other. That's something we must insist on as well. As he guns for the top seat in the 2024 elections, Lai reiterates that defending Taiwan's sovereignty will be his responsibility. Meanwhile, Taiwan People's Party chairman and presidential candidate Ke Wenzhe left for Japan on Sunday on a five-day visit. While in Japan, the former Taipei mayor will make stops at the National Diet, agencies in the executive branch of the government, and a think tank. It's also Ke's first time taking his wife, Peggy Chen, on an official visit. After getting off the plane, the couple's first stop was the Tokyo Matsu Temple, where its chairman, Jan De Xing, personally received them while chanting, Get Elected. However, Jan's chant seemed jarring as he was recently hired as an advisor for the Kanto chapter of Friends of Lai Qingde, the DPP presidential candidate. When asked whom he supported, John simply said that it was too sensitive an issue. Also in Ke's delegation was TPP legislator Andy Chu, who called on Taiwanese business people in Japan to hold meetings to support Ke. After all, there are many Taiwanese business people in the country who are 
KMT supporters. A new exhibit in Taipei brings to light the history of the Caribbean islands and the global issues they face. The video and new media works of seven Caribbean artists are on display. Our very own Stephanie Yang spoke to the exhibit's curator, Sasha Dees, to find out more. This video was created by Charvelli Emanuelson. The video showcases St. Martin after a severe hurricane. You can hear voices, wind and animals. This work explores the concept of coexistence and delves into the subject of national unity. In Taiwan you have typhoons and earthquakes, uh, so that happens in Haiti with the earthquake. It happens in St. Martin, which is uh, one of the islands that belongs to the Dutch uh, Kingdom still. And uh, so there is, there is that similarity as well. Uh, the work from Rodel sort of talks about endangered plants and species, which I think Taiwan has a lot of as well. The exhibition also explores how colonialism, globalization and imperialism have influenced the world and how different nations face the same struggles. The exhibition is curated by Sasha Dees from the Netherlands. Dees has spent many years researching issues related to Caribbean countries. She plans to stay in Taiwan for three months. Through her studies and observations in Taiwan so far, there are many similarities between Taiwan and other Caribbean countries. Well, the, the first connection, of course, is that the Netherlands was a colonial power and we uh, colonized countries both in the far west and the far east. And so the Netherlands also was the first to colonize uh, Taiwan. Um, and so that is literal connection, although it was in Taiwan, it was only like little of 40 years. And in the Caribbean, it has uh, been a much longer time. But that made me uh, spark my interest to see what other connections are there. And there are the issues about sovereignty, of course, like, you know, are, can you be your own country in uh, this time and age? And what are the problems you walk into? Uh, transnational labor. The works explore global issues including cross-regional labor, climate change, protests, identity, the immigrant experience, and sustainable development. The exhibit features six pieces of artwork from seven Caribbean artists, including two from Taiwan's diplomatic allies from Haiti and St. Vincent and the Grenadines. In sort of jump out. This work is by Nadia Hudgens, Circa No Future, documents the story of boys from St. Vincent and the Grenadines swimming in the ocean. This work shows a very poetic, in a very, very poetic way, the sea and how local people really uh, engage with the sea and how young boys become adults within, you know, like how we all know this feeling of jumping in a sea and you feel very free and your worries disappear and you can actually really become your true self. Um, and I thought that's also a nice link to Taiwan, who is uh, currently so much trying to develop this identity to really stand out, you know, like as, a, as its own country. The exhibition will be held at the Museum of Contemporary Art Taipei till July 16th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Su Sen in Taipei. Average starting monthly salaries have risen above 40 percent, 40,000 NT for the first time, but only 37 percent of college graduates will make that much starting out. Many students hope that getting more education under their belt before hitting the job market will mean a higher salary. 
but one job bank says that that may not be the case. What a person studies matters more than how many degrees they have, and degrees in tech and science remain king in Taiwan, the job bank says. But some students are not persuaded. A group of graduates toss their mortarboards up into the air. These are just some of the roughly 200,000 new graduates in Taiwan every year who enter the workforce. But just what kind of salaries can they expect? New graduates hope for starting salaries of at least 30,000 NT, and the latest statistics from the labor ministry show that to be a realistic expectation. The average salary for workers with less than one year of experience has now surpassed 40,000 NT for the first time, but only 37% of fresh graduates will earn that much. An undergraduate diploma is quite common, and I feel that having a graduate degree would help me with getting promotions and raises in the future. I'm hoping for a starting salary of 35,000 to 40,000 NT, but it will really depend on whatever job I find. We aren't part of that 37% who will start off making 40,000 NT. We're part of the other 63%. Many graduates opt to continue with their studies in the hopes of spurring higher wages and promotion opportunities. However, wages for graduates with an MA or doctoral degree are not necessarily better. That's because the program major matters more than the highest degree obtained. The way majors are classified really reflects Taiwan's industrial structure. After all, Taiwan is still export-oriented, and technology manufacturing is its mainstay. If you graduate with a major in science or engineering, it is easier to apply what you've learned. Students hope that higher degrees will be their ticket to getting higher salaries. But this job bank representative says the content of the program matters more than the level of the degree. It might be a good idea for those hoping for a higher salary to study the job market first before deciding on what to study. An annual Round Island motorbike trip organized by the Hongdao Senior Citizens Welfare Foundation is now in its 12th year. This year, 32 riders made the 10-day, 1,106-kilometer trip that circles the island, starting and finishing in Taichung. The oldest rider to take the trip was 99-year-old Guo Shenzhen, who has done the trip four times since 2019. Guo said he also plans to take part next year after his 100th birthday. Let's hear from him and his fellow riders. Next year, when I'm 100, I want to join the ride again. This is my wish. Four or five years ago, I said, when I'm 100, I must ride around the island. I realized there are many things I want to do. The first thing I want to do is to circle the island. Fortunately, the foundation organized this event, and I was able to register. The way the workers and volunteers at Hongdao take care of us puts us at ease. I'm sure I'll finish this trip. 
Lou, who is 76, registered for the trip after beating cancer. He is determined to live without regret. Lai, 69, overcame mobility issues with her right leg, finishing the round island trip on a three-wheel scooter. During the trip, the riders volunteered in different communities, preparing and delivering meals and joining donation drives to raise funds for disadvantaged older adults. Now we take a look at the many ways Taiwan's farmers associations have branched out in recent years. Making a profit from farming can be tough, and farmers are constantly looking for new business opportunities. One of the latest innovations is the vegetable powder drink from Taoyuan that promises to become a popular fiber supplement. Other regions are focusing on soy milk, ice cream, and even some services that I bet you can't guess. Let's take a tour of rural Taiwan to see more. Lettuce is sorted by hand, then crushed by a machine and ground to a fine powder. Taiwan's first vegetable pulverization factory opened last year. Here, local organic vegetables are turned into powder by Taoyuan Farmers Association. The powder makes nutritional high-fiber drink. We wanted to diversify and enrich our agricultural products. Firstly, it helps our farmers. We contact them to plant larger areas of organic vegetables. Farmers associations work hard to produce local specialty products, and diversifying services is also a big trend. In just six months, Taoyuan Farmers Association has earned 1.3 million NT from its organic vegetable powder. By comparison, Hualien's Ji'an Farmers Association makes 23 million NT a year from ice cream. Meanwhile, in Yilan's Luodong Township, the Golden Goose is soy milk. They sell 7 million bottles of the stuff a year, bringing in almost 80 million NT, two-thirds of their annual turnover. We used to produce it with soybeans bought to aid the U.S. We produce more than 7 million bottles a year, which is worth about 79 million NT. Many farmers' associations are developing new products to market their crops. Taidong's famous for its delicious summer snow mango and roselle products. But customers often don't realise the association offers other services as well. On their official website, this funeral services page makes it clear that it's not just for farmers. We managed more than 230 funerals last year. All of them came about spontaneously. We didn't set a goal for this service. Farmers across Taiwan are branching out. Some are making a big name for themselves, while others are quietly carving out a new niche. They're finding ways to make farming pay, but also making rural life more sustainable for all who live and work in Taiwan's beautiful countryside. And now for all of you out there with a sweet tooth. Today we take you to a specialty chocolate store that sells Lithuanian chocolates. Many chocolate makers from this Baltic state use traditional techniques and recipes passed down through generations. This ensures each treat is crafted with care and precision. Six years ago, Ivan Huang tried Lithuanian chocolate and loved it so much that he decided to open his own store in Taipei. He's selling a Lithuanian chocolate brand with a 110-year-old history. Our reporter Stephanie Yang shows us why these chocolates are so tasty. 
This is one of their best sellers, Inca berry and blueberries coated with white chocolate. It's crunchy, sweet, and sour at the same time. There are three layers. The outer layer is blueberry, the middle layer is white chocolate, and lastly, Inca berry. This one has been super, super popular in our store. Customers coming to our shop, they like this because they, they mention the smell is so unique, so let, let make them want to test more. So this one, it has, is using the berries from Lithuania. Also, uh, it's coated with wh quality white chocolate, and they also add blueberries to cover this white chocolate. So it's so unique. Besides Inca berries and blueberries coated with white chocolate, there are also freeze-dried strawberries and freeze-dried blueberries coated with white chocolate and dark chocolate. There's also Lithuanian chocolate with cherries and more. Patrons can choose and customize their chocolate flavors according to their preferences. My child likes it. He likes colorful chocolates, so I searched online. The reviews are great, so I came here to check it out. I have never been to Lithuania. Because Lithuania is the land of berries, so you can find many different berries in our dark chocolate, white chocolate, and also milk chocolate. Because in Taiwan, customers are like also like um, strawberries. So our number one will be the strawberry, and followed by the cherry in dark chocolate, and also cranberry in dark chocolate. Huang is the founder of this Lithuanian chocolate store in Taipei. Prior to operating the store, Huang worked in the finance industry as a project manager. Six years ago, he decided to start his own business. He started off with a business where he imported British tea to Taiwan. When he was in the process of searching for dessert to go with the tea, he tried a strawberry dark chocolate from a Lithuanian chocolate family business over a century old. He loved it so much that he decided to open a branch selling this old Lithuanian chocolate brand in Taipei. And we, we found it's necessary to find a, a finger food coming well with tea. So let's change six years ago that uh, Tai Chuan organized a meeting with with suppliers from Europe. And in that meeting, we met Loretta, and he brought this to me. And I tried the chocolate, this strawberry in dark chocolate, and it's so tasty. So at that moment, we decided to work with them. So we, start, we started uh, doing business with them six years ago. Huang says opening up a Lithuanian chocolate store in Taiwan was not an easy feat. Due to the fact that many Taiwanese weren't that familiar with Lithuania, business was slow in the first few years. It was not until 2021 when the Lithuanian government donated vaccines to Taiwan that business started booming. Uh, I think it's two years ago. Lithuania government they donated the vaccine to Taiwan. It gave it gave us a chance to to properly introduce this brand and also this quality chocolate to the market. We received a lot of orders from customers and also each order bring a warm message like uh, thank you Lithuania. To celebrate the deepening relations between Taiwan and Lithuania, the company even created a limited edition dark chocolate exclusively for patrons in Taiwan. To celebrate that, that the two nations have been super close. So, and the, the connection, the relation between these two nations is, is, is warm up. So that's why we decided to, to do something different. 
Huang says his goal this year is to bring in more chocolate gift boxes from Lithuania. He hopes that everyone can get a taste of Lithuania in Taiwan and learn about its culture. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Lu Bo Tong in Taipei.